0: Father, we declare you as Lord of Lords this morning, we say that there is none like you, there is none that can be compared unto you, you are glorious in holiness and you are fearful in praises. And so Lord, we magnify your name this morning, we praise your name, we exalt you above all other gods. And Father, in fact, there is no other god but you. And so Lord, let your name be glorified in this place today. As we declare the praises of Jesus, let the entrance of your word bring light. Let it bring understanding. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. And the people of God say, Amen. Amen. Thank you very much. Please be seated. Well, it's um, good afternoon, Kensington Temple. Amen. It's good to be back with you uh, in this place to minister to you. And uh, my thanks uh, to Pastor Colin for asking me to come back again and minister on this platform. It's an honor and a privilege to stand before you to minister on this platform. I also want to welcome those of you who are at the Coronet. Thank you for joining us. God bless you. And those of you who are downstairs in the overflow and behind me in the overflow. And of course, those of you who are watching or downloading uh, via the internet, God bless you. And I pray that this word of God today will bless you immensely. In Jesus mighty name amen if you got your Bibles this afternoon this afternoon please go with me to the Gospel of Matthew the Gospel of Matthew chapter 16 and I need you to fasten your seat belt because I'm going to be reading almost the whole chapter but one verse I'm not going to read the, the last verse but I want to read the uh, all the verses uh, amen The Gospel of Matthew chapter 16, and for those who are worshipping with us for the very first time, we welcome you. Uh, Please don't forget that after the service, there's a welcome room at the back. We'd like to meet with you and talk to you and introduce you to the ministry of Kensington Temple. And for those who do not know me, my name is Praise Olatono. I pastor the Kensington Temple Satellite Church in Walthamstow, and I'm glad to be here with you today. Amen. The Gospel of Matthew chapter 16 from verse 1 then the Pharisees and Sadducees came and testing him asked that he would show them a sign from heaven he answered and said to them when it is evening you say it will be fair weather for the sky is red and in the morning it will be foul weather today for the sky is red and threatening hypocrites you know how to discern the face of the sky but you cannot discern the signs of of the times a wicked and adulterous generation seeks after a sign and no sign shall be given to it except the sign of prophet Jonah and he left them and departed now when his disciples had come to the other side they had forgotten to take bread then Jesus said to them take heed and beware of the living of the Pharisees and the Sadducees and they reasoned among themselves saying It is because we have taken no bread. But Jesus, being aware of it, said to them, O you of little faith, why do you reason among yourselves because you have brought no bread? Do you not yet understand or remember the five loaves of the five thousand and how many baskets you took up? Nor the seven loaves of the four thousand and how many large baskets you took up. How is it you do not understand that I did not speak to you concerning bread, but to beware of the living of the Pharisees and Sadducees? Then they understood that he did not tell them to beware of the living of bread, but of the doctrine of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying who do men say that i the son of man am so they said some say john the baptist some elijah and some jeremiah or one of the prophets he said to them but who do you say that i am simon peter answered and said you are the christ the son of the living god jesus answered and said to him blessed are you simon Bar jonah for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you but my father who is in heaven and I also say to you that you are Peter and on this rock I will build my church and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it and I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you lose on earth will be loosed in heaven then he commanded his disciples that they should not tell They should tell no one that he was Jesus the Christ. Verse 21. From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised the third day. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him saying, Far be it from you, Lord, this shall not happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man will come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he will reward each according to his works. It's a very long passage that I've read, and if you're writing and taking notes, the title of this message is from Saint Peter. Peter from Saint to Satan. Now, that doesn't sound like um, a very, very charismatic and Pentecostal title. uh, Because it seems to uh, not show Peter as progressing in faith, but rather regressing. But when we look at this, you will discover that my purpose this morning is to uh, cause us to see and be mindful of the things of God. So that we don't go from where Peter was... So where Jesus had to turn to him to say to him, get thee behind me, Satan. And that's my goal today. And now in this, in this uh, passage, a chapter of the Bible, uh, verse 16, chapter 16 from verse 1, we see the Pharisees coming to Jesus to test him. And in chapter 15, Jesus had done miracles. He had just fed, I think, the 4,000 with the seven loaves. He had just healed a woman whose child was possessed of the devil. He had healed multitudes according to the Bible. And um, the Pharisees and the Sadducees came to him to test him, asking for a sign. What about the ones he just produced? What about the signs that he just produced? But they still came and said, like, you know, show us a sign. That you are the son of God and he said, well, I'm not going to show you any more signs. If these signs that I've shown demonstrated to my ministry is not enough for you, then you have to wait until I I die on the cross and until I'm raised again the third day like Jonah was in the belly of the fish. That was why he said to them, you will have no more sign except the sign of the prophet Jonah. You know, that's all you're going to get from me. You have to wait until that time when I resurrect again before you see any more signs because it doesn't matter how much how many signs I give you you are still there where you don't want to believe because of their doctrines Now the Pharisees I mean the, the Sadducees I believe are the ones who do not believe in the resurrection of the dead And the Pharisees also you know believe something else though they believe in the resurrection of the dead some of their doctrines jesus christ said keeps people from entering the kingdom he said you have the keys of the kingdom you don't go in and you won't let other people come in and so jesus was telling the disciples here you need to be aware of the doctrine of the pharisees and the sadducees but unfortunately the disciples didn't catch on to it they did not catch on to that they were reasoning among themselves oh it's because we didn't bring bread We forgot to bring bread. It was the same thing when he fed the 5,000. It was the same thing when he fed the 4,000. We forgot bread. Now, our master is going to be angry with us or something. And Jesus had to say to them, you of little faith. How is it that you are behaving like the Pharisees and the Sadducees? You can't even remember. You don't understand the things that you see. The, The Pharisees and the Sadducees are the ones that can predict the weather. Oh, it's going to be foul weather today it's going to be a uh, uh, dull weather today because we can design the face of the sky but then they cannot design the signs of the times the messiah was right there among of them the lord of glory was right there among of them they've seen what He's done they've seen the works of god they've seen him cast out devils they've seen him heal the sick they've seen him raise the dead and yet they come and say give us a sign for goodness sake what else do you want and so Jesus was now speaking to his disciples and said, Look, do not allow the doctrine of the Pharisees and the Sadducees to affect you. So much so that you will become insensitive to the things that are going on around you. Are you looking at them? This is an evil and adulterous generation. Whoa, how does that describe our society today? Are we conscious of the signs of the times? As we go about our duties, our work, our business, minding our own business, are we careful to note around us that we actually live among an evil and adulterous generation? A generation that wants to push back the hand of God. A generation that wants to tell us that Britain and Europe is post-Christianity. Are we going to allow the doctrine of the Sadducees and the Pharisees to shut us down? Are we going to allow their thinking and their ways of life to shut us down? And Jesus Christ even said to them later on that you, you, you make the commandments of God ineffective by your, by your traditions. God says to you, honor your father and your mother. But then you bring a tradition in and you say, well, you can tell your father and your mother that whatever profit you're going to have from me is dedicated to God. and Then you'll be free from the commandment of God. this is why people challenging jesus and saying to him how is it that your your disciples don't wash their hands before they eat and he had to tell them look whatever you take in through your mouth does not defile you it is what comes out of you that defiles you just make sure that when you want to eat you don't catch a disease that's the reason why you need to wash your hands don't don't make a religious thing out of washing your hands to eat there's nothing religious about washing your hands to eat if God said wash your hands before you. There's a reason why he said so. It's so that you won't catch diseases. It is not that that will stop you from either going to heaven or going to hell. No. No, no. But mind what is in your heart. Mind what is produced from the inside of you. Mind what you are thinking about all the time. So that. And these are the same people that say to Jesus. Give us a sign. And so Jesus Christ said to them you must beware of their doctrine don't let it affect you he said be aware of what they teach be aware of what they practice because if you don't take care if you are not aware this disease that is coming from the Sadducees and the Pharisees will infect you because if you are not aware of what they are teaching if you are not reasoning and saying oh wait a minute where is that in the Word of God Where does God really say, in order for me to be able to eat, I need to wash my hands, this way or that way? What exactly are you saying? That doctrine can infect you. And there are a lot of doctrines out there today that is infecting Christendom. The world wants to put us in a mold, their own kind of mold. The world wants us to conform to their own ways of life. Whatever we believe in that does not really suit the world, we get called names by them. You are a bigot, you know. You're a crazy, evangelical, charismatic, Pentecostal fundamentalist. That's who you are. And just because you don't agree with them, just because you say to yourself, I am not going to agree with what you are saying. I still love you, but you see, I I love fundamentalism. On my Facebook page, it is there that I'm a charismatic, evangelical, Pentecostal fundamentalist. (laughs) Now, fundamentalism is such a dirty word that even in Elim, we've taken it out. We no longer have Elim fundamentals, we have core beliefs. But Christian fundamentalism is a fantastic thing because it includes jesus saying to you if somebody says go with me one mile go with them two miles if somebody comes and takes away your coat give them your your, your jacket too if a brother comes to you and says i'm hungry i don't have clothing for winter You go in your wardrobe and give them something to, in your your wardrobe, give them something to wear. Also, take off, you know, go in your wardrobe, in your refrigerator, give them something to eat. Don't just speak Pentecostal charismatic and say, you don't have anything to wear. You have nothing to eat. Come here, brother. Come here, sister. Kneel down. Be warm and be fed. James says, all right, that's good. But give them something to eat. That is Christian fundamentalism. Christian fundamentalism is Jesus Christ saying, love your enemies. The world says, hate your enemies. If you don't know what it means to hate your enemies, ask the Israelis and the Palestinians. But Jesus says, you love your enemies. You pray for them. Bless them that curse you. That is Christian fundamentalism christian fundamentalism is not just about us saying sin is sin because that's all they've put on in that box that says oh he's a once is when you say adultery is wrong god hates divorce you are a christian fundamentalist. you know the bible the, the church needs to move on move on where move on from the doctrines of christ and going to the doctrine of pharisees and sadducees god forbid god forbid even Peter and the disciples who had been with Jesus for a long time. He's taught them. They, they, they ate with him. They sat with him. They learned at his feet. Yet, they have no understanding nor do they remember the things that just, have just been done. And how many of us are Christians today who cannot even remember what God did for us yesterday? Thank God it's Thanksgiving week. Remember what God has done for you since the beginning of this year and give him some good thanks and worship give him a good offering too and say lord this only comes around once in a year so i bless your name about three saturdays ago we were praying in walthamstow in the morning and um we, we you know and we we will usually come every every saturday morning to pray we pray most of the time in tongues we start at 5 30 a.m and we finish at 7 7 a.m but this particular morning i just felt that we should worship god and so instead of coming there and just praying in tongues and praying and interceding and 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 bringing our prayers i said let's praise god and for 30 minutes you know we were, we praised for about 10 minutes and then everybody was like okay oh lord i love you now i said no no we are not stopping if i say let's bind the devil now we can go for one and a half hours oh shut! satan i banned you in the name of jesus well thank god it's a good thing to do but i think it's a better thing to just give god thanks to look at our lives and that morning i began to i began to remember some of the things that happened to me a few weeks before my wife had gone for shopping and had taken the car and came back parked the car in front of the house and then I wanted to go out too. So I opened the door, looked at my driveway, and my car was not there. And so I, I looked I, 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 you know, I called and I said, "Where did you Where's the car?" I said, "The car is right out there. Are you blind?" I said, no, I'm not blind. You come and see." And before she came out, I looked again, and my car was on the front lawn of my neighbor in front of my house. She parked the car, and the car had rolled off my driveway, crossed a very busy road and sat comfortably in the front lawn of my neighbor. A few, a few meters, just a few meters away from, 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 from his window, window. There was a, almost a brand new BMW beside the car. (laughs) My road, the road I live on, is a very busy road. There's a school on that road. It connects to a very busy asda. So traffic is up and down, up and down. And then a follow you know, about three days later, I walked into my house and there was the smell of gas. And I thought, what's this horrible smell? And I went to the kitchen, the gas was there. And I, I, you know, I, a couple of days later, I was taking my kids to school in the morning. It was very foggy. And then, suddenly, from nowhere, you know, like we usually say, it's not, it's not my fault, it's the fault of the other driver. Like the man who drove into a tree he said, I was driving, I was just driving, and this tree just came at me. <laughs> and so I was driving, and then this car just came at me. And I had to go on the curb avoid a car parked in front of me and then come back on the road how that happened without an accident with my kids in the car I still cannot tell so I, I you know I have things to thank God for and when we count our blessings and name them one by one it will surprise us what the Lord has done so it's a good thing to thank God I know you may be here today, you've lost a loved one, you've lost your job, maybe you lost your property, maybe things are not there, but you're alive, thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Reminds me of of, of that story I learned as a young boy. Three men went to the river to to, to bathe. The first one came with his duvet. He only had a duvet. Took off the duvet, jumped in the river. And then after he's taken his bath, he came out and said, thank you, Lord. At least I have a duvet to cover myself. I'm better than the man who just has a pant. Not long after that, the man with the pant came. Jumped in the river, uh, swam and came out and said, Lord, thank you. Because at least I'm better than the man that is naked. (laughs) Not long after that, the man that is naked came. Jumped in the river, came out and said, Lord, thank you. At least I'm alive. (laughs) When we look in our lives... We will always have something to thank God for. Come on, let's give a clap offering to the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 I don't know about you, I've read the book of Job. (laughs) And I still don't understand what what was God's point. (laughs) Neither do I understand how Job went through all that and did not curse God. I don't. But then I came to a conclusion that Job knew something about God that I need to know. And even now in our days, there's something about Jesus that we all need to know. And that was the point that the disciples missed. Peter missed that point. He's just warned them about the living of the Pharisees. They're teaching their doctrine. And then he went to them and he turned to them and said, okay, all right now. Let's do a test. It's classroom time. Who do people say that I am? Oh, that was an easy answer. <laughs> because it was an answer from the flesh. You don't. It was an answer from the mind. You, it does, it's not difficult. Oh, people, people are talking about you. We hear them all the time. Some say you are Elijah. Some say you are Jeremiah. Some say you are one of the prophets. They say all that. Jesus Christ. All right. But you. Who do you say the Son of Man is? Who do you say I am? You. What what is your your understanding of who I am? And at that minute, God Almighty spoke to the heart of Peter. And Peter said, you are Christ. You are Jesus the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus turned to him and said, Peter, don't think you you are wise. No, 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 no. Don't think you are wise. You are not wise at all. You are not that smart. Because flesh and blood has not revealed that to you. My father in heaven has just given you a revelation. And upon that revelation, of the, upon that rock, I will build my church. I will build my church, said Jesus. And the gates of Hades will not prevail. Everything the church does upon the revelation of who Jesus is, the enemy cannot stand against it. It doesn't mean that the enemy will not attack it. And of course we know When Jesus was talking about his church, he's not talking about Kensington Temple building. He's not talking about Kensington Temple as an organization. He's talking about the people, you and I. He says, I will build you. And the gates of Hades will not prevail. When we gather together as a church, the enemy will not be able to stand against us. Based on what we do concerning the revelation of him that we have. is that not the problem today because i see the gates of hades it's the gate of hades that says europe and britain is a post-christian in world i see the gates of hades saying you cannot pray in school i see the gates of hades that says you are a you are a, you are a, you are a worker in british airways you can wear your crucifix i see the gates of hades that says you you cannot say god bless you at work you get sad I see the gates of Hades saying you, you run a BB in your house under your own roof anybody can come and bring their own doctrine of the Pharisees and the Sadducees and impose it on you and when it goes to court you get a fine and your business is almost being run down I see the gates of Hades everywhere and what I see also are Christians running helter-skelter looking for what is not lost In a meeting of pastors in our zone, in not his zone. One of our pastors was telling us uh, about a Saturday or two Saturdays ago, two Saturdays ago. Spoke to an auntie of his. Auntie, how are you? We've not seen for a long time. How's uh, your church doing? How's your pastor doing? He said, oh, which church? Which pastor? He said, your, your church, you've been going for 10 years. He said, oh, I've left that church there's no more fire in the church I've gone to where there's fire and the man said the past this pastor said the church you've been for 10 years and the question is when that church was on fire what exactly did you catch if for 10 years you were in a place where there was the fire of the Holy Spirit now after 10 years you have to run to where you think there is fire something is wrong with you because by now you should be setting people alight for jesus christians run all over the place because they cannot remember jesus christ can't you remember the feeding of the five thousand and the feeding of the four thousand that I did it with seven loaves and five loaves. Can't you understand what I'm trying to do? (sighs) Discipleship is the way forward. This woman ran from a church that was built on programs. We do a program this year. We bring the the, the latest Big Doobie from America. Next year, we do another program. We bring the latest Big Doobie from Europe. And then the following year, we do another program. We bring the latest Big Doobie from Asia. And then the next year, we do another one. We bring the latest flavor from Africa. And then it comes to a time when you brought all of the flavors. And people keep coming every year. And when there's not, they go to another conference. In fact, there's a new block. there's a new kid on the block who is doing exactly the same program, only he calls it another name. It's still the same, you know, international gathering of patriots. Now, this one is doing international gathering of squad missiles. <laughs> and so, this woman now thinks there's no more fire in this place. I've got to go look for fire in that place because now this is the latest thing that is happening and all the big doobies of the evangelical Pentecostal churches are coming here. And I'm saying you are running away from fire and you are going into a strange fire. Because where you are running to now, you you have to come and buy Ribena and olive oil and mix them together and drink them for the anointing or for whatever. I had a member of our church in Walthamstow, that went, and then came back and said, Pastor, I have to tell you something. You know, I went there, my friend invited me, my friend said, come, and I went, and then we queued up, and then they said to us, we have to buy Ribena from the church, we have to buy olive oil from the church, we can't bring the one from our house, the one I bought from, you know, from the corner shop, because it's not anointed. And my answer was what are you looking for what are you looking for the doctrine of the pharisees and the sadducees says you are not allowed thank you very much you are not allowed to know the will of god for yourself you have to come to me because i'm the man of power for the hour and the anointing recites here because i'm the elijah of this time the 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 pharisees and the sadducees doctrine says you are ordinary lady jesus cannot use you we are the ones that jesus can use because we are anointed hallelujah <laughs> and so we get a big chunk of air time and so call calling 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 now the, the telephone lines are open And my brother, Solomon Osage, you know him, you know, was saying, saying, there was one of those prophets on TV, saying, I see, I see, I see your papers. He said, no, 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 I have my papers in London. So, okay, all right, all right. (laughs) I see, I see, I see a husband. So, no, 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 I'm married. Okay, all right, all right. guessing and guessing and guessing Uh, if you think I'm lying ask Solomon he's a lawyer okay He shouldn't be lying after guessing for so for finally you know the man finally the woman finally said no actually what I need I want to I want to I want to buy a shop can you pray for me the man said oh alright 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 the living of the Pharisees and the Sadducees take a look at where you're walking right now your office your clinic your business who is going to be the mouthpiece of jesus in that place but you who does he have in that place but you who is going to represent him in hollywood who is going to represent him in the west end unfortunately pastor colin has left that you know area of human endeavor But for us as christians we must understand the doctrine of jesus he says you go and make disciples of all nations he said in ephesians chapter 4 from verse 11 that anyone who calls himself a pastor an apostle a prophet a teacher and an evangelist their job description is to equip the saints of god To do the work of his ministry. That's why every cell leader in this house. Is a minister of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Everyone going through our discipleship structure. Living free. Encounter. Mastering leadership one and two. You are a potential minister of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because when you finish your training. The work starts. Because we are pastor calling and pastor Amanda and the primary 12 and all the pastors cannot go. You can go. But the doctrine of the Pharisees and the Sadducees says, we have the keys of the kingdom. We are not going in any way. We are not going to open the door for you. Here in this place, it's about opening the door for everyone. Who will align with the apostolic authority over this house. That you are the representative of the Lord Jesus Christ. You are the Lord's servant where he has placed you. Can I hear you say amen? amen. And so Jesus said to them, beware of the doctrine of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And then he said to them who, 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 who did they say i am they told him and then peter said you are the christ the son of the living god he said flesh and blood has not revealed that to you peter i'll give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven whatever you lose on earth is loosed in heaven now that part of that passage of scripture is debated by theologians and scholars What exactly does it mean? Does it mean that we can bind the devil? No, no, it doesn't mean that we can bind the devil. It just means that those words mean, you know, you can forbid things in governmental role in the church. You can allow things in governmental role in church. Like when the Jews in the Acts of Apostles were saying to the new believers, you need to be circumcised. The council in Jerusalem came understanding what God wants for his people and said to them, no, we will not put this burden on you. Just make sure that you, you know, we, 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 permit that you be not circumcised because now we are talking about the circumcision of the heart and so where it says that you cannot become part of the jewish community unless you are circumcised the apostles in their governmental role now said we permit you not to be circumcised and they say that's all that it means thank god for that but for me i like the fact that they they say that it says you can forbid something and permit something which means for me, I can forbid the activities of the devil in my house. Now, if using the word, I bind you, Satan, offends you, I'll just say, Satan, I forbid you in the life of my children. I forbid you in my ministry. I forbid you in my cell. I forbid you in my. Wife. I forbid you in my own life. And when I want the blessings of God, I say, all right, I permit it. Whatever I want in my life, I permit it. So there is no need for us to quarrel about the greek word or the hebrew word or the aramaic word okay let's just stick to what the bible says and so heaven revealed something to peter and then a short while jesus now began to tell them about the the purpose of that revelation if i am the christ there is something that needs to happen to the to the christ the christ needs to go to the cross Needs to be humiliated, killed, hang on the cross, be buried, and rise, rise, be raised up again the third day. And Peter thought, Jesus, you haven't really consulted with me on this issue. Excuse me, Jesus, can I have a word? Privately, please. And the Bible says that Peter began to rebuke the Lord. oh my word (laughs) i can't even rebuke pastor colin i'm not allowed to rebuke pastor bruce not because they are you know they are god or something but it's just apostolic authority apostolic alignment we can we can we can we can advise and confer with our leaders but we must line up with the apostolic authority we must line up with the apostolic vision we must follow like true disciples Peter overstep his bounds rebuking the Lord and there are a lot of us that would think that our job in this house is to rebuke Colin die don't go from being a saint to Satan as a pastor of a local church I experienced that sometimes in fact earlier on this year I had to issue a decree And I said, here is decree number one. Please don't forget, I come, you know, originally from Nigeria, but thank God, I'm British, hallelujah. (laughs) God bless you, my brothers from Nigeria and Africa in Diaspora, but I'm British, amen. (laughs) I can tell you, I can use my British accent, you know, whatever, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) That's to prove to you that I'm British, okay alright let's let's get back to to my preaching amen and in walthamstow i had to issue a decree decree 101 and you know in africa when the dictators take over is they suspend the constitution and they now begin to rule by decrees <laughs> thank god that we also as children of god we can rule by decrees amen and so my decree 101 in walthamstow is that thou shall not come to the pastor with a good idea thou shalt come to the pastor with a God idea and the God idea is that whatever you are coming to suggest must be born out of prayer pray about it let God give you a direction about it and then come and say to me pastor praise I sense in my spirit this is what this is what God is laying in my heart and because he's born out of prayer It becomes something that my, I may may say, okay, all right, let me go and pray. But it becomes something that the Holy Spirit begins to prompt me about. Because it's born out of prayer. Peter thought, I got a revelation about you. I know who you are. And because I was the one that got the revelation about you, I'm also the one to determine your purpose. And how you end up, and how you do this ministry. Don't don't you know that if you go to the cross, it's going to affect me. Where is my position as your right hand man? And sometimes that's the way we think. Peter, Jesus said to him, get thee behind me Satan, because you are not mindful of the things of God. Your mind is not full about the things of God. You don't know what is coming from heaven. Yes, my father gave you a revelation, but that was what you You just had a revelation. Peter was like the sons of the prophets. They came to Elijah and they said, do you know that the Lord is going to take your master away today? He said, shut up, I know, man, your business. They came to him, you know, God is going to take your master away from you today. Said, Hold your peace. They had a revelation. They didn't know what to do with the revelation. They could have said, we know, you've been following this man for some time. There is a deposit in your life. When this man goes, we want to be there so that we can catch something from you. If we don't catch something from him, we can catch something from him. But they were, they were just going around in their revelation probably peter was going around I'm, I'm reading into the text now so please forgive me was saying did you hear jesus not flesh and blood this is not human reasoning this is not logic i you know god took me into the not like pastor Robos later on you know I, I i i there was something about that day i sensed the holy ghost he became cocky because of revelation And he thought he could rebuke jesus and some of us think also that we can rebuke the apostolic authority over this house don't go from being a saint to a satan please understand i'm not saying that pastor colin is a perfect human being no but i'm saying you don't carry the burden that he carries i'm standing on this platform and my eyes can roam around this hall and i can see almost everybody's face but my sister sitting right here in the front row she's got a front row seat can only see me and what's behind me. Can't even see the person sitting right behind, behind her. And that's the burden of leadership. We see things from another perspective. A sister was saying to me yesterday, uh, the day before we went to visit somebody in the hospital. I said, you know, pastor, you know, this, this brother in the church and this sister, you know, they are now born again and, you know, they still live in the same house. And I said, hold your peace. There are issues that you don't know about. There are issues of discipleship that i'm dealing with okay and you don't know you only had their testimony these are people for two years their lives were on hold because there was a court case pending they couldn't move forward the man was looking at 11 years in jail for what he did not do god turned it around now you're saying now that everything's all right why don't no, it doesn't work like that discipleship is beautiful because it, it helps you to see growth i, I had permission from from Gabal. is one of the staff of the, of katie to use his story as an example of how we must not allow ourselves to be to be to be to be uh, indoctrinated with the with the living of the pharisees and the sadducees Gabal uh is a friend to somebody in my, in my one of my disciples in walthamstow they were walking in the same place and so my disciple invited him to our cell, and in our cell he gave his life to Christ. And I thought you cannot be coming all the way from West London to East London to attend cell meetings every Tuesday evening. It's not going to be too long before you you give up. And so I brought him. I, I came to to uh, my meeting, our primary twelve meeting with Pastor Collier on a Wednesday. I said, "Gabal, come and see me." And so he came, and I took him and I handed him over to Gabriel, our Gabriel in this house. And Gabriel took him up and began to disciple him. And then I would meet with him once in a while when I'm in in in, in, um, in, in the Summit House. And one day we sat down talking in the in the in the in the in the, the uh, counselling room, and he said, "I want to be baptised. You know, but you know, I have my girlfriend and we are living together." And I said, "Well, you're a child of God now. Things have to change. You need to go and bunk together with a friend, not in the same house anymore. You see." We are fundamentalists because we believe in such things before you became born again you were out you could do whatever you want but now you are a child of god the doctrine of the pharisees and the sadducees no longer hold in your life and he said to me this is going to be difficult i said yeah it's a test of what you believe it was difficult for job (laughs) it was also difficult for paul but that's and to cut the long story short he's married His wife is born again, they've been on school of uh, uh, living free, they've been on Encounter and they are living their lives now. That's the power of discipleship. That's the power of the vision that God has given us in this house. (laughs) That is not about you come to my program. In any case, why do we advertise on Christian radio and Christian TV? We are advertising to Christians, isn't it? Leave your church and come to mine. I have a better program. The latest big doobie is the one coming to my meeting. Come, but bring your gate fee also. And that's not what the kingdom is all about. The kingdom is about you being a representative of Jesus Christ. That when you come into this house, you, are, you, you join a cell, you become a disciple of Jesus Christ. And then you are trained to also become a disciple. That everything that you have received, you are able to give it away to somebody else. And you know the kingdom of god is for the hearts and the souls of men jesus christ said to them in order for this to happen you must take up your cross and you must follow me the cross is an instrument of death he's saying you must if you desire it's a desire that you must have jesus is not compelling anybody to follow him it's not a do it's not you know if you don't follow me we're going to kill you if you go away from me you know the family will kill you for honor killing or something no it's you must have a desire to follow me which means there's something you know about me what's your revelation about me what is it that makes you love me when you see that when you look at the totality of the sacrifice on the cross you fall in love over and over and over again with jesus it's not about programs it's not about about the flavor of the month it's about the master himself and what he has done for you so he said to his disciples you must desire to carry your cross by yourself and die to self in order for you to follow me and he says take a look at it what is it that is going to profit you if you gain the whole world and you lose your soul how do we go from being a saint to becoming Satan like Peter it is when we are not mindful of the things of God but we are mindful of the things of man before you jump into the boat of the Pharisee and the Sadducee ask yourself is this what Jesus Christ is saying do you really think there's no more fire here but there's fire on the other side if after 10 years you can't catch fire where you are now what makes you think you catch fire where you are going no you have been indoctrinated with the with the doctrines of the Pharisees and the Sadducees running helter skater looking for what is not lost may that not be your portion in Jesus name may you be somebody that catches fire for Jesus and sets other people alight for him in the mighty name of Jesus Christ so how do we avoid falling into the same trap that Peter did it is in Romans 12 verse 1 to 3 he says brethren I, I beseech you I beg of you present your bodies as a living sacrifice to God holy and acceptable which is your reasonable service dying and taking our cross and following Jesus every day of our lives is something that is reasonable it's not something spiritual high up there that only spiritual people can do no when you look at Jesus you want to follow him with your cross and he says we must renew our mind we must renew our mind and you cannot renew your mind if you allow the world to get you to conform do not be conformed the world out there wants us to conform we must refuse to conform because to conform is to be infected with the doctrine of the pharisees and the sadducees in some places in christendom today people are even arguing was jesus really divine some people are saying everybody is going to go to heaven. There are doctrines of demons out there that says people are all go- oh, everybody is going to heaven. No, not everybody is going to heaven. Only people who have surrendered to the master are going to heaven. That is the doctrine of Christ. That is his doctrine. And that's why we must work very hard. I don't know about you I still have people in my own in my own family who don't know Jesus. I don't want them to go to heaven. I'm sorry i don't want them to go to hell i want them to go to heaven i want everybody in my family to go to heaven i don't want anybody to go to hell in fact i don't even want my enemy if there's one out there to go to hell because if you understand what hell is we will not want them to be there let's make up our mind that will renew our mind with the word of god that's how we stay away from the doctrine of pharisees and sadducees we renew our mind god said to joshua this book of the law will not depart from your mouth. You meditate in it day and night. Keep it in your mind. Keep it in your mind. Meditate in it. Keep it. In he, the psalmist in someone says, you know, uh, if you do not walk or stand or sit with the wicked, with sinners and with scornful people. But your delight is in the law of the Lord. In it you meditate day and night. He says, you'll be like a tree that is planted by rivers of waters. You bring out your fruit in your season. Your leaves will not dry. And whatever you lay your hands on will prosper. I say, whatever you lay your hands on will prosper. Whatever you lay your hands on will prosper. But that must come from you renew your mind with the word of God. With you consciously avoiding the doctrines, the living of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. May that be your portion in Jesus' name. That whatever you lay your hands on will prosper. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Let's bow down our heads to pray. Father, I want to thank you. Thank you for your word that has come, for the entrance of your word brings light, it brings understanding. Lord, I pray this afternoon as your people go, let them be careful and beware of the doctrine of the Pharisees and the Sadducees that is out there. Let them be focused on your vision and your commission for this house, which is to make disciples of all nations. And Father, I pray that we all will align with the apostolic authority and vision that you've given our leaders in this house. And that we will stop running to and fro looking for what is not lost in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Give us the courage and the boldness to walk in the light of Christ. That our lives may produce fruit for you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. I want to say one more thing. If you're here this afternoon, you've not given your life to Jesus Christ. Please don't leave this place without doing that. Amen. Amen. Please come forward. Come and talk to somebody here that can speak to you about how you can align yourself with Christ. Amen. God bless you as you go. Thank you. Praise.